Let's pray. Father, I pray the blood of Jesus upon us. Guide us, Lord, as we study, as we talk about your word, as we talk to, you, to your people, Lord, speak through my mouth and bless every heart and give them understanding in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Take control, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Give me Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. That is what we are going to talk on today. The goal that the Lord has called us unto. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Now, when you read that, it says, Christ has given into his church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what purpose? Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that is the goal of you and I as believers. We are to come to that perfection, perfecting of the saints. The work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ are part of the things that we do, that we are with the body of Christ are to do, we are to minister. But we individual believers, we are to be perfected. But he said he put teachers, apostles, pastors, prophets in there for that purpose so that when we gather it is actually to build you up so that you can know your right, so that you can stand your ground. That means we have to continue to go. Amen? Yeah. When you are born again, that is the beginning. You have to continue to grow unto that perfection. That is the goal of believers. But how do we grow? That is really my topic. The title of this sermon is What we did, I can talk of what I did since the day I was born again, how I progressed quickly. And that is what I'm going to share with you today. What we do and normally do to grow in this spiritual work. And there are several things. I'm going to talk briefly on some of them. The first one is reading the Bible. Second one is fasting and praying. The third one is Bible study. The other one is really having a zeal for Christ. And then later, the, also the praising the Lord. I'm going to talk briefly on every topic I just mentioned. And the final part is studying other literatures that are expounding on the Word of God. There's a difference between reading the Bible and dipping your nose into the books. And I'll go to talk about that also. That will be the last one. I said, how do we grow? I remember when I was born again in the 1970s in the college. A bunch of books came from American evangelists and came to a, one of the ministers, one of the brethren that was senior in the fellowship before me. And I jumped on the book and I couldn't put it down. You've got to be ready to study. The first one is to study the Bible. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. What did he say? You have to read your Bible. Anyone that is born again, you are like new babe in Christ Jesus. So what do you need? You need the fresh milk of the word of God. Milk of the word of God. Apostle Paul was talking about somebody should bring books to him. So I'm going to point to that also. He said, the clothes that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books, but especially the past. You have to remember in those days they don't have the Bible that we now have been compiled together. So the parchment he was talking about was other literatures that could be Jeremiah, could be something. Those are the only parchments. 
But what Apostle Paul that was anointed, he was still studying. He was still reading. So we have to read the Bible. And he also say and you uh, also mentioned that we should study to show yourself to Apostle Timothy in Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen. He says you should study. Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen. Chapter two verse fifteen. Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen. He was telling Timothy to study to show himself approved unto God. So there is need for you to read your Bible not once in a while. Not say, oh, I read the old Bible through, so I don't need to read it anymore. It is, it is food. It is food. When you have a baby, after the baby is born, the only thing the baby needs for now is just milk. And it's just not once in a week. You don't need milk once a week. You need milk for the baby to grow every day. In fact, three times a day as a baby. So we need to be studying the Bible. Somebody said, well, you know, I studied the Bible, I couldn't understand it. If you pray to the Lord, ask the Lord to open your... When you are born again, actually, put that desire, put that passion in your heart and give you the understanding. So, understanding comes and you begin to understand the Bible afresh when you are born again. But you have to take time to read, that is what I'm saying. You can say, well, you know, I'm so busy, we come back on my job. When we were studying the scriptures, we were college students. Many of us were college students. And we still create time to study the Bible. Well, they call them SU, scripture union people. They don't read anything except the Bible. If you have been used to reading all those comics, or newspapers, or what they call novels, all those uh, stories, Maybe when you are in high school, you used to read all of those. Those are the things you cut off and read the Bible. You have time. In just one hour a day, study the Bible. That is, I'm saying, how do we grow? That is the first thing. Reading your Bible daily, like food. Somebody challenged me. I was in a church like many of you guys were. I was in one of those churches. And we only carry the Bible with us every time. It's always on my, under my pillow. Like a, like a sham. That was the church I was before I was born again. And we enjoy carrying the Bible with us. But when I was born again, somebody challenged me, I see you carrying the Bible, and he see you reading it. Then I got the challenge. I said, well, that's right. I decided to begin to read it. And the Bible changed my life. That was the first beginning of my salvation. I started, I said, well, I never even, during those days, I never even read what was after Acts of the Apostles. Because Acts of the Apostles was a textbook in the high school. So I knew that. Look, was a textbook in the high school. Bible study. If you did Bible study in, uh, in Wyak, in high school, that was the subjects, the two, top, the two chapters we were able to read and memorize and be able to answer the questions and pass. I said, I never really know what was in Romans, Corinthians, what else. So when that guy challenged me that I saw you carrying the Bible to church under my pillow, I never see you read it. And he was one of the SUs, scriptural union members. So I took the challenge. But every morning, every evening when I come back from classes, I went to read the Bible for one chapter. And the Bible I started reading Romans. Open my eyes. You mean God said that? You mean this was in the Bible? You know, that was in the Bible. That was how I began to grow. Then the Lord touched me and I was born again. But I'm saying, that is the first thing. You must read your Bible daily. New Testament. Especially the New Testament. Praise the Lord.
Now, what else did we do? I mentioned here fasting and praying. Now that you are born again, now that you are born again, what else are you expected to be doing? Prayer. You know, there's prayer line. That is part of it. But you praying in your own household. So, I don't know what to pray for. Pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape these terrible things that are coming to happen at the end of the world. That is the prayer point Jesus Christ gave to every believer. Pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape all those terrible things that shall happen at the end of the world. Look at Daniel chapter 10, chapter 10 verse 2 and 3. Daniel chapter 10, put this on the screen for me. Verse 2 and 3. Now, many of us, we know the story of Daniel. How oh, he was doing great and God promoted him or the, the king promoted him in Babylon. He was just a man like you and me, a, a human being. Not even called a prophet. We are calling him a prophet now. He was just a human being. The king wanted all these young men, gather some of them, we are going to train them in our, in our language and we are going to study. And they are going to study like a program for three years. After those three years, they will be standing before the king and they will make them eunuchs for the king. So Daniel was just an ordinary person. But he took some challenges and started doing some things that singled him out. That is the lifestyle. And Daniel was given an example here in that verse 2 and 3. He said, I, Daniel, was mourning. What does mourning mean? He was fasting. So which means Daniel was fasting not because he was a prophet, because he knew he wanted to get something from God. And that is why he was fasting. And he says for three weeks. I read that when after I became a believer and I said, well, Daniel did that for three weeks and I challenged myself to do that. And I started doing it. And that was the beginning of lifestyle. That's what I'm saying. What do you guys do to grow? That's one of them. You have to start from one day, then two days, then three days, then maybe seven days, maybe then three weeks, maybe then 40 days. The Lord Jesus Christ fasted, didn't he? Praise the Lord. So, yeah, and you told us something. He said that some of these demons that we are dealing with, some of them will not go except by prayer and fasting. So I'm saying, I'm just listing some of the things we do that make us grow. And you need to grow. That is the goal of believers. He said, until we all come, not until some of us, until we all, Ephesians chapter 4, that verse 12 that you just read, it, said, until we all come to the fullness of the statue of Christ. The knowledge of the Son of God. And how are we going to get there? It's by growing. Like you have a baby, like you said. Oh, it's my baby. One year old. It's my baby. So you are a child of God. One year old in faith. You are still a toddler. Two year old. Three year old. But you see, when my baby was two year old, can I give him my key to my car and say drive? No. But it's my baby. It's my child. So many of us couldn't, uh, couldn't exercise the power of the Lord because we are still babes. We are still babes. Like my child couldn't, I can't get him, in fact, I can't leave the baby in the house by himself, isn't it? Three-year-old, you will be arrested if you leave your baby in the house by yourself, by himself or herself. So that is some of the things we are going through when you say, why, why are we not getting prayer answered? Because we are babes. And he wants us to grow, grow, grow to the point that we are adult in his kingdom. And you know what adults, what responsibility we have as adults and what we have as rights as adults. 
But when you are baby, you are still a child of God. When you are adult, you are also a child of God. But see, the responsibility and the privileges are different. So, I remember when we were singing, we were singing, I'm a child of God. I joined here with Christ. Joined here with Christ. Think about that. Joined here with Christ. Which means, everything he has is mine. But how many of those am I using? How many of those? I'm joined here with him. Think about that. It's not in the by and by. Many people think well, when we get to heaven, that's when we are joined here. He said we are already joined here with him. But we are not exercising, we don't have the power that he is using freely. Why? Because we are babes. Just like I just told you, my son is going to inherit everything I have. Not so. That's what joint here, that's what air means. But when he's still a baby, he's under toddlers, he's under tutors, so he does not even couldn't even control the servants. He couldn't even talk to the servant and control them. And that is what our situation has been in the body of Christ. And God is saying he wants us to grow. But how do you grow? These are the things you have to do. Read the Bible daily so that you can know the knowledge of the Son of God. He said knowledge of the Son of God is what we have to come to. So that comes by studying. Then he also said fasting and praying, which I gave you, Daniel. Now, in many churches, in many churches, in fact, when we are in SU, we have Bible study that is like once a week, apart from the Sunday fellowship. Bible studies. But now, if we call Bible study in this fellowship, how many people showed up? No, nobody. Maybe pastors. It's not the pastors that need the Bible study. They are, they are the teachers. How much more prayer meetings? How many people show up? Only a few people. So then you better be doing something by yourself. Otherwise you will be babes forever. And you can see why your prayers are not effective. So the Lord is giving me this to challenge you. I'm not talking to the seniors. I'm talking to you high school kids. To you college students. Because we started when we were in high school. We started when we were in college. You say, how did you get this time? I told you, I just created time. I just created time for myself. I said, one hour after I come back from college classes, five to six, I took myself five to six, nail down and read my Bible and pray, and then go to my studies. And there are benefits you get from that. Benefits, privileges you get. Let me give one example of a privilege. This is a testimony. I was in a physics class. You are not advanced physics. And this is uh, in the days when you say one, what call it? Preliminary students, they call them. That means two year program accelerated to one year. So the physics, the chemistry, the mathematics is doubly accelerated. Your brain will be hooing just to be able to catch up. And I will come back from class one day and the Lord told and I nailed down because I have to do that first, five to six, and I nailed down by my bed. I'm going to study. And Lord said, what did you do today? The Lord will begin to talk to you. You want to hear the voice of the Lord? On your knees. Reading your Bible. Talking to him. And he will talk back to you. That's how we started seeing him talk to us. This testimony, the Lord said, what do you do today? I said, oh yeah, you know something? I was telling the Lord. Me, talking to the Lord in my heart. And it was, it's like somebody talking to you quietly in your mind. And I said, there was a, there was a, sub, a, a question in a fixed book. That we have tutorial, you know, tutorials, we are the teaching assistant, we come with this group of 
physics, these are these engineering students that are doing physics. And nobody could work that question. Everybody tried it, even the teaching assistant tried it. They wanted to say, well, maybe the textbook answer is wrong. I don't know many of you that went to college have concluded that the answer in the textbook was wrong. <laughs> so they wanted to conclude that. But that day I came back to the, my dormitory and I knelt down I was to praise the Lord and I said, what did you study today? And that just came to my saying, you know my Lord, there was one physics question that nobody could work. He said, bring it, let me see. You mean the Lord talked to you like that? Yes. So I just pulled it back and I said, this one. The Lord said, take your paper and start working it. Okay, so I took my paper, oh, my knees. And I started working it. And I went the way we are, where he just said, stop there. Why did you choose that formula? Choose this one. Really? I don't know if you know this. V square is called Y, U square for F2, all those motion theories. And I said, okay. So I took this formula that they said I should choose, and I, and I got the answer in the textbook. <gasps> that is the answer in the textbook. So when I went to the class the second day and I told everybody I became great. I mean, they said, wow, this boy must be great. Even the teaching assistant, I said, wow. Well, I'll tell you, I led the class last year. But you see, how did I get to be that? It's not well, it's my most smart. It is the Lord. I always tell them. I always tell my people, even right here in America, I said, the Lord is my helper. Not just I hope, not just I think. I talk to him and he hears me. Like I just give that testimony. Somebody was talking to me. And if I hear right here when I was working at Boo, somebody said, I told them, how did you get this thing resolved? Because I was supporting software, they call it. Things that is in the market and they say, well, it's broken down and they want to send it back to the manufacturer and we have to find the patch. And I will find the patch and they say, well, how are you getting this thing? I said, I have a helper, Jesus. So I was talking to him, help me to get it. I said, I don't know you have a helper. Yes, I do. I acknowledge him in all my ways. Praise the Lord. But how do you get this? By reading your Bible. Talking to him. You are going to grow. I'm just giving you examples. Now, I say Bible study, when we gather together, that's one way. I mean, people, churches call Bible study, you gather together and we try to study and teach one another. But we, kind of, we, call, we call Bible study here and nobody showed up. We have been doing Bible study, we were doing Bible study in the other building before. Maybe until only the pastors will show. The pastors know this thing, so we have nothing to do, so everybody go home. Prayer meeting, nobody will show up. And we are saying prayers. Bible study, those are the things that are going to make you grow. You say, well, gee, I'm so busy, I'm so tired, that's why I couldn't do it. But you better do something more. If you can't attend the Bible study, I hope you are reading your Bible at home. Daily, praise the Lord, because that's what will make you grow. You say, yeah, I have too many things to do. But you have to create time. Do you sleep in the night? Well, you have time to sleep. How many hours do you sleep? Seven hours a day? Well, take one of those hours and study. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, that was how I challenged myself. I would wake up in the dead of night and go backyard and talk to the Lord and pray. Say, well, gee, are you not afraid? He took the fear away. Those are the steps that you need to also do. See, we are sharing this with you so that you can know that do this also. Like the Lord just told that man, go and do likewise. You want to grow? Go and do likewise. Prayer, Bible study, then the zeal. God is charging you know, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. 
Okay, let's start from verse 14 because the Lord is saying, for this end time believers, we are like the Laodicea. They are so busy, they are so rich, they think they don't need anything, they just hoping that the Lord will come. But God is looking down and looking at us and saying, you are so wretched, spiritually wretched. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? This thing said the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God, verse 15. Verse 15. Go ahead. Next verse. I know that I was that neither cold nor hot, but I would that thou art cold or hot. Next verse. So then, because thou art lukewarm, see, that's exactly the state of the body of Christ, lukewarm. Neither cold nor say, I will spoo thee out of my mouth. That is his challenge to the body of Christ. And it's applicable to us in this Gentile, in this end time. I'm not talking about just this church. This sermon goes to everybody that can access my website and this, they, they will see. He said, We are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. He said, He will spoo thee out of my mouth. Why? Next verse. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. And have need of nothing. He said, but you don't know that you are wretched. That's how God looks down. See, the churches are mega churches all over the world. Mega churches all over the world. And they think that is how they measure the approval of God. That they have thousands of people in the church. And they boast of that and say, well, we are expanding. We are progressing. We build another building. We build another building. Oh, we fill this one out. Let's move to another building. Is that what God is looking for? He said they are wretched, miserable, and poor, not physical money, because those churches can claim. And well, we are not blaming the mega churches. What about these smaller churches too? If you are not doing what we are saying to make you individually grow, you are just like the mega churches. And in my prayer meeting, I've always been praying for, because I look at the, I've been here for almost 40 years now, I look at the Nigerian churches. I see the young generation just feel all these so-called Christian groups redeemed and mountain of fire and so and I see stadiums almost stadiums powerful. I kept praying, Lord, I pray that the Lord will move upon this young. If these people are really touched by the Lord and really on fire, Nigeria should change. Why is Nigeria not changing? Why is terrible things happening in the country? See, that is having my prayer. Because if this, the way the so-called born-again believers redeem people and mountain of fire, prayers and so on, go and churches full, thousands of... I saw a building that they said is somewhere in Lagos there, and it's almost like a stadium. And suddenly they will be packed full, and it's you tell young people, 20s and 30s. Well, we are in other generation, I'm in my 60s. And I said, look at Lord, are they built up? Or are they just playing church? And that is what you see in the mega churches. It's not Sunday only, it's not enough, brethren. Sunday only, it's not enough. You've got to grow. And this is what I'm, that's what I'm listening what we do to grow is by studying. And then sometimes fasting and prayer, you challenge yourself to do it. You schedule yourself to do it. That is you. You have to do it. You don't say, well, the church says we should fast once a month on Fridays and Saturdays. How many people are doing that? Maybe the pastors. This is a weekend of that fasting also. 
But you can do it by yourself. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you should be following the church. It is something you challenge yourself to do. It's a, it's a revival. God, when God re, what is a revival? When people seem to be living but look like they are dead. God has to revive them. It's, this is what I'm preaching. is a revival. Reviving you guys to say, this is what God is requiring from us. That we make us to be sons of God indeed. Grow to the level that He wants. You say, well, gee, I'm too busy. Oh, don't be lazy. Pray for yourself, the Lord. Quicken me. By, do a little, when I was going to start my fasting lifestyle, I started by just one day. And I, I, I used to remember, if you have not read my book of my, of my biography, I was raised among the Muslims. So, you know, they have this called fasting monk. And they are fasting is you eat early in the morning, you break it in the late in the evening. So I don't know what that fasting, but it was still tough on a little boy like me. But then when I became a believer in the churches that I was going, when fasting is like morning till evening, so you don't eat breakfast in the morning. Then I went to college and I started challenging myself when the end time message began to come. And I said, Well, I'm going to try one day. I will do 24 hours and see how it feels. And I thought I would die in the of my bed. <laughs> but when I woke up, because I just got to 8 p.m., 10 p.m., you, know, you are really hungry. You feel it. I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. But it's a sacrifice. If the Lord just Christ did 40 days because of you and me. And he said, hmm, this guy go another bed by prayer and fasting. So I decided, well, I'll try one day. Instead of breaking it, it was, I was used to the morning till evening, break it at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. But this time I've heard about that. That's called round the clock. Hmm. So I decided I'm, I will do one day to see how I will feel in the second one. So I decided to sleep over it. So I went to sleep early because my belly was telling me that I was hungry. So I just slept off. In college, I was a student. I woke up in the morning, I didn't die. I said, wow. Well, <laughs> and I thought I felt even better. In the morning, I said, well, okay, not bad. So I broke it in the morning. Then the next time I challenged myself, I would try two days. I mean, 20, 48 hours. That is me and myself and the Lord. So it's not that a group of us decide to do that. So that's trying to challenge you that you What do you gain from that? Is what somebody's asking in the south. What do you gain? I become what I am right now to even be able to talk to you in the gospel. Because anointing flow, anointing will follow you. The Lord watches over those small, small things when you take your step, when you take it upon yourself to do it. You don't wait for your parents to say you have to fast. I try to make my children do it. When we were growing up, I would fast for four days. And then when I would be breaking it, I would say, everybody, even the little one, you have to fast the last day I'm fasting. You break it at noon if you want to. So because that was how they treated us when we were growing up. So everybody will fast after you miss your breakfast, then you and my little girl said, Daddy, can I eat my food now? <laughs> I said, Well, look at the time, it's not yet twelve noon yet. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I said, come on. I said, time yet. <laughs> I know it's not easy. But then I said, okay, okay, go drink some water. Go drink some water. But see, what I'm trying to say is you are training your children. You are training yourself. I will try to train them, but now when they are adults, it's now left to them. The same challenges to you and to everybody. Are they good, doing good to do it? It's left to them. And those that knew the, the value of it, they better do it. 
What is the value of this thing? What do you gain by all these spiritual or particularly religious activities? They are, they are spiritual activities. You gain closeness to the Lord because God is saying you are going to be, you are, you are challenging yourself and He's watching you. And I can give you testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies of fringe benefits, I call them. Fringe benefits. That you begin to see that your prayer becomes so effective. That is the first thing you begin to notice. What you begin to notice is that somebody is talking to you in your dreams. Somebody. Jesus. You begin to, when I was, let me tell you a little bit. When I was not a believer, I was in this call at Ladra churches. Nobody there. The cherubim and seraphim, the white garments. That was what I was. When I was not a believer. But when I became born again, my dreams changed. Why? Because the Lord now began to visit me. When you are in this level, some demons will be threatening you. Then when you come to be at this level, you are now with the Savior. So those demons are now under your feet. See? Because now you are knowing your right. But how do you know your right? It's from the Word of God. That's why we are saying story. And then the Holy Spirit already is deposited in you when you are born again. The Holy Spirit is deposited in you. But you have to walk with the Holy Ghost. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit that is in you by doing these things, by reading the Bible, by fasting, by being zealous. The zeal is what God is talking about there. Be zealous therefore. Next verse. Verse 18. He says, they are wretched and miserable. He says, I counsel thee. That's the counsel from the Lord. To buy of me. Now when he said buy, that means you have to pay something. What you pay is not money. It's what we are talking about. Some time. When you fast, it's like a payment. Because you are fasting to get something from the Lord that is not commonly given. That's why it's called buy of me. Gold. Tried in the fire that you may be rich. You see, the real riches God is talking about is not money. Spiritual wealth. Spiritual wealth. Let me quickly throw that one in the manner of this. My, I have... My daughters have married, they have brought in some young men, my sons-in-law. My son was about to marry them, but I know he was already planning to get married. So I called my sons, they are now my sons. And I said, I needed to have a, a, a meeting with you when they were all here in one of those weddings. So I called my sons, that means my son and my sons-in-law. And told them this, and I'm trying to pass it to you now. And God told me to call them and talk to them. I talked to them. I said, you are going to be head of families. Though not you, you are going to. They are already head of families. It's my son that was going to be head of family then when I talked to them. When they were all here for another, another wedding. So I said, the first battle spiritual. You have to be protecting your family spiritually. Because God told me that you don't, you don't appreciate the power that you have in him, Jesus Christ. That is like a, a protection over your family. That you have brought yourself up to that level. When you bring yourself up to that level, you can see, you can protect a whole clan. Also. That's your first flock, your family. You are like shepherds. If the shepherd is weakling, the goats, I mean the hyenas will come and take some of your flock. David showed an example. David was a shepherd, when a little boy, he said, even a lion come to take my daddy's 
sheep. I went after a lion. That is protection. So God is saying, you tell your sons that they are now heads of their family. They have to grow spiritually. That's what I was telling them. Grow spiritually to protect your family. That was the first thing I told them. I said, how do you grow spiritually? I told them some of these few things. That it's your responsibility that you'll be able to see what is about to happen when you come to the level that God can show to you. And I can give testimonies on testimonies of what the Lord has done in my life. But what he's saying is, you and I that are expected to be heads of household, remember it's your responsibility to grow up spiritually. First and foremost, protect, to be to protect your own family spiritually. I said many battles are won spiritually first. And an enemy came and attacked my son when we were still, when she was still, we were still playing tennis. And he would come and he would hold his belly like this, oh, and he wouldn't be able to play tennis. We would pray over her, pray over him, pray over him, pray over him for many months. Then he would, maybe it would take a whole week. And that thing continued. There was a time he went to Prescott. And we went there very well. The second day he was holding his stomach, I couldn't play. What kind of a stomach trouble is this, Lord? 10-year-old, 12-year-old. For that week, he won't be able to just roll on the bed. When the Lord was going to deliver, because of course I was always praying every day, not only for him, but for the family. The Lord came one vision. I'm trying to see what the Lord meant when he said, you are head of this family, you are the high priest, you call on the chief priest. He is the head, he is the high priest of all. You are the priest of your the Christ is the high priest. When things are happening and you couldn't handle it, call on this high priest. And the Lord came in one vision at me and the Lord was going to the bedroom of that boy in the vision. And the Lord just said, get up and go and play with the boys. That was the vision. He said, he told my son, get up and go and play with the boys. I woke up that morning, the thing was gone and never returned since then. And this man I'm talking about is now married. He said, but he said, I remember that Lord, thank you. Because we prayed and prayed and laid my heart on our belly and looked like this thing is, what is this? But the Lord set him free. Why? You've got to come to a level where you are talking to where you Lord is putting some responsibility on you that you are the head of this the flock. And he is the high priest. But if you are not up to par, then you cannot even communicate with the Father. So that is why I'm challenging you that these are what make us grow when we do these things. One of them is reading your Bible daily. One of them is zeal for the Lord. Another one of them is fasting and praying. You pray regularly. Maybe some people just pray before they eat and pray after they eat and then they pray when they are going to bed. Those are good. Those are not. You do some more when you know more things to pray for. But when you are a prayer warrior, pray for other people, pray for other nations, pray for people. That is part of the prayer we are talking about. And they have prayer lines you can participate in. But prayer and fasting. When you fast, you challenge yourself once in a while to do it. That is one of the things that the Lord is going to use to help you. And the last part, and then one more thing. Praising the Lord. That is another tool. I call it tools. That you should be doing that will lift you up spiritually. Praising the Lord by yourself. When we come to show you, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's once a week. I want you to, when you do it by yourself, one-on-one, then you see yourself grow spiritually. I started that somehow just when I said I will every day in, the, in my house, in my, in my college dorm, I will kneel down and pray. Then the Lord added, why don't you sing first? Okay, so I started singing, maybe one or two chorus before I pray, before I read my Bible. But that formed into now doing it every night, doing it 
morning, early in the morning, late in the night, and so on. But when you are praising the Lord, there have been sermons on that, praising the Lord. Take it upon yourself and challenge yourself that once a day, one hour a day, or 30 minutes a day, I will just stand in my backyard and just sing worship songs. I put that upon myself. In the 70s, I will come back from college and I will be in Lagos and I will do that. Angels started visiting me because I started doing it at 12 midnight. What made me do it at 12 midnight? Because the Lord put it on my heart that people, devils walk at midnight hours. And from midnight to 4 a.m., the devils are walking. That is when you Christians you wake up and redeem the time. I said, that's true. So do it. So I took the challenge. And I started doing it myself. When I was in college, I would, and I started it in Lagos, one vacation, one uh, summer vacation. The first three days, I would wake up and say, well, how do you wake up? I just, I set my alarm clock. That was how I started. Set alarm clock. Try to touch it, no. I just roll over on the bed and pray. And sing praise to the Lord, and then I go back to bed. That became like addiction to me now. And I was giving testimony in some of those countries. I said, when I started doing it with alarm clock, now I don't need alarm clock. Because if I was oversleeping, somebody knocked on my door. Now, nobody was knocking, it was the Lord. He has done it many times. I was sleeping upon it by one time when it was time for me to pray. Now it was no more 12 minutes, sometimes it could be 3, sometimes it could be 2. Somebody tapped me. And I woke up, nobody in the room, I said me. But I felt somebody tapped me. The hand, you can feel somebody's hand. Also, tap me. And I woke up in the morning and look at that. Oh, time for, time for prayer. That means, it means a lot to the Lord when you take it upon yourself to do it. Amen. But you have to be consistent with it. Because when I share this in Nigeria when we were doing all these camp meetings. And people took it up and they started doing it in the camp meeting. I saw people praising the Lord day and the night. I up, but they did it maybe for two weeks. Some of them will give up. So you don't do it for two weeks. You make it part of you. And that is where the power is. Praise the Lord. Because the Lord said at midnight, he said, actually, it was David that gave me that example. David said, at midnight will I rise up to give thanks unto the Lord. I said, well, a king will rise up at midnight to give thanks unto the Lord. That was where I took the challenge. A king. And David also said, seven times a day will I praise thee. Huh, seven times a day, that means three o'clock, six p.m. So that is every three, three hours. David was praising the Lord. So I decided to do that. Those are challenges. I've just given some Bible verses that pointed these things out to us. Now, the last part, because we are coming close to the time, I'm going to talk about this. After I talk about reading the Bible, talk about Bible stories, talk about you have a zeal for the Lord, God said that zeal is what will help you to even do these things. If you don't have that passion, Pray for it. Maybe you need to pray for yourself that Lord, quicken my heart. Let me have a zeal to know more of you. Zeal and I want more power from the Lord. Because maybe, maybe that was my motivating factor. I wanted to grow spiritually. Oh, I'm tired of all these things. They were kicking me around. I wanted to grow spiritually. And how do you grow spiritually? And these are the things. And when you begin to do this small, small thing we just listed, God appoints a special angel to, to walk with you. Yeah, when I started waking up in the dead of night to praise the Lord, the first thing I sensed was I was having ache that I couldn't wake up. I said, gee, Lord, this is not easy. And God just came one of those, the first, the first week. The first week, Lord just came with an angel and I found myself 
Prostrate upon my bed. After I came back, after I sampled the girl, I was in bed. And it looked like somebody opened my brain up and blow fan. Blow fan, like a fan, all these fans. Cool my head and I and he allowed me to wake up. Not wake up physically, but I was now conscious. And I saw this fellow by my bed. I was scared. Then it allowed me to say something. The first thing I said, Go away. Go away in Jesus' name. When he left, then I woke up ready to, to arrive and I felt a big ache that was aching me was gone. What the man did, whatever the angel did, really helped me out here. So I asked, Lord, forgive me for telling this angel to go away. <laughs> well, the first time, that was my first time. I'm talking of 1975, 76. Now, this next time I praise the Lord, a bunch of angels came. Next, ladies and children, you see some of those in some of my books. But see, that is what you gain. You begin to fellowship with angels. You begin to fellowship with angels. You say, well, you're just because you're a pastor. No, you, I was doing it when I was in college. Praise the Lord. So you can do it when you are in college, when you are in high school. Take it upon yourself. You see that the Lord will begin to move closer to you because He loves it. And that is why we were created. The Bible said, God will come down at the cool of the day to fellowship with Adam, the first man, before he fell. The cool of the day. That was where we got the idea that in the evening time, sing praises to the Lord. Fellowship with Him. You and the Lord. Don't say, well, me and the family, let the family come together and they are not coming together, you get discouraged. No, you and the Lord. Start it on yourself and then you see yourself grow. Praise the Lord. The our final part is the books. When I say Bible, it's one thing. That is all we already know the Bible. But the books of other literatures, of other ministers. That's why the Lord put teachers, evangelists, pastors for the perfecting of the saints. Let me give you an example that to know that you need to read. I remember, I remember somebody, a pastor, sometimes said, Oh, I don't need anybody's book. I only read the Bible. Yes, you can say you can only read the Bible, but see, you need the books of all this literature. That's why I brought some of my books here to, to introduce to you guys. These books are expositors of the scriptures. And you see an example there, even Daniel. He went and got the book of Jeremiah. You must say, well, Jeremiah was in the Bible. During the time of Daniel, there was no Bible. Jeremiah prophet was not recognized. It was just under pressure. So you have to remember that. Don't think, well, Daniel talked about Jeremiah. He read the book of Jeremiah. Because that is the way to go. You read the books of these things so that you can gain more understanding. Because they are teachers, they are not in your congregation. Okay? But God has put them in the body of Christ. That's why they are writing this so that other people can read it. When you dip your nose in those things and you study them, then God will give you more insight. In fact, David said, I have understanding more than my teachers. When you study those things, God will give you more revelation. So reading of books is very important. When you have no time to even read the Bible, how can you have time for reading books? That was what we did that brought us up. Like I said, when I was just born again believer and a brother bought a, got a book from America, from evangelist, me, evangelist, uh, I can't remember the name again. William Abraham. Big books like this, almost bigger than the Bible. I said, What is that book? Before anybody can pick it up, I was the first one to pick it up. And I started reading it. Hmm, this pastor said this, this minister said this, this minister said this. And that was how we grow. Because there are sermons, like you are hearing right now, there are sermons, because some of my sermons 
I, trans I transcribed them, making books. But that is what you will need. You need to study. That's what I suppose they bring me some parchments because of some other people have written something that is blessing him. You need to study. Take time to study. So it's a way if you are reading comics and literature of uh, non-fiction and those type of things, put those down and read the gospel literatures that will give you wisdom, that will give you excitement, that will give you building up your faith. Acts of the Apostles chapter 8. Put that Vastari and Totalitude. Acts of the Apostles chapter 8. So let me say, reading the Bible may not be enough. There was a man called Enoch of Ethiopia. He was reading the Torah as he was going and he was of course you can see he was not free with the Holy Ghost. And God sent evangelist Philip the evangelist to go and help him out. And the first thing Philip ran towards that you, if you have not read the story you can read the story just Acts of the Apostles chapter 8 verse 30. So Philip ran to that chariot that this Enoch of Ethiopia was riding. And he heard him reading the book of Prophet Isaiah. That was part of the Torah, part of their books that they, all these people that are following Moses and the, by the time the, the gospel started. So what he asked him, understand that word thou readest? That man said, how can I understand these things? Unless somebody shoot them. So what am I pointing this one out to you? To show you that Reading this Bible alone may not be enough. You might need the expositors. Because that's why God put teachers, evangelists, prophets in this, in this household to explain what these prophets are really writing. To explain it further. And they are in form of books. When you study, you get some of those insights. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 is what we have pointed out. Say we are to come to this fullness of the statue of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. See, it says, God has set some in the church apostles, prophets, teachers. Don't talk about miracles and gifts and healing. And the body of Christ said the church was built upon the, upon the foundation of apostles and prophets. So God is telling you that all of those things that you don't have, they have books. That's why they have written some of them have books. You don't have every ministry in every small, small little, little group. But if you are passionate to know more about the, of the Lord, you've got to get some of the books of these ministries and read them and study them. It will give you the grace that we are talking about. Growth. Acts of the Apostles chapter 17 verse 10. Acts of the Apostles chapter 17 verse 10. That's the last verse I'm going to talk to you about. Apostle Paul went to this place and he preached to them. And the Bible said these people in Berea, they were more noble, they decided to go and study these things to see whether these things were so. So there's a need for studying the scriptures. There's a need for dipping your nose in the books for you to grow. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about growth, 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 growth. How do we grow in Christ? Like I said, you've got to read your Bible daily, not once in a week, not once in a while, not when you have time. Daily. Make it, if you want to make it one chapter a day, it will be beneficial. And then study, meditate on what you read. You can occasionally fast and pray. You can pray by yourself daily and then of course you can participate in prayer meeting, prayer line. But you fast once in a while, you've got to challenge yourself to grow. Challenge yourself for these things. And like I was saying, I said, I talked to the last part, I said, the reading of the books. 
And I'm going to introduce to you because when the Lord when the Lord revealed showed himself to me some, some months ago, the Lord showed to me and said, Put those books out there. He told me to put some of the, my books out there. Because I have some of these books that are written in the seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties, and they are on the internet. They're just like sermons, different books and sermons. But the Lord said, put those books out there. So I started putting the books out there. And I have another one that I'm going to give out here today. And I want to bring that book over here. And the reason why I bring them out is for to help to help you guys participate in what the Lord is doing. Just put those books on the show, on the books there, just put them on there. Participate in what the Lord is doing. You take as many as you want so that you can give it to others. This particular one that I have here is the first of the one that the Lord has put out there. And the reason why this is very important is that now brother you can put on that my, my put on that slide. It's called Christ has abolished death. Now the Lord said put those books out there. So I know there are several, several of us that have listened to some of the individual sermons that talk about how we can live and Christ can protect or keep us alive. But the Lord said put them together, all the sermons, all the, put them together in books so that it will be for even the next generation. Praise the Lord. So that's why I make this one. It's on, on the what called on the Amazon publishing. But it's for you guys. Come and take as many as you want. Give it out, and you give donation to gospel distribution, and that's how you participate. So God said, give people opportunity to participate in the Lord's work. That's why I say, okay, I always bring it out, and you can take more, not just one. You can take. Yeah, I'm glad our brother came from from uh, Dubai, brother. You can take as many. You have some more you, that you can carry to Dubai. Why? Because my nephew in Nigeria, I normally give them, give them to some of these people in the Redeemed Christian Church. But I want them to know the truth. The word of God is what brings us up higher. So participate, just take some of them. You can give donations as you, as you Lord leads you to the Gospel of Ministry. But take some of them, read but not just take it, read it. Study the Bible verses so that you can know that these things are true. Like the sheep that the people of Beriah these things are true, but it is for you to walk in those words. So that's how I'm going to wrap up the message. I just bring the books out so that you can participate after you after share the grace. I want you to take some of them and give it out to people that you've got only have limited contacts. That's why I put it on the, on the Amazon, not because we want to sell them, but because that's the only people, that's the only way people that Lord wanted them to know about these messages. That's how they can get it by not knowing me. And I don't know them. But they can see it. If they Google it, see it as, hmm, this topic, they can read it. While those I can contact, I will give them out to them. But this is why I said it is part of the growth. If you don't have time to read it, it won't do you no good. You've got to take time to study. This is just one of them. The next one is coming. And Lord said, in fact, just some days ago, I was in a vision. And I saw somebody coming from my backyard. I thought, well, what a big dog is it? When he moved closer, it was a lioness. And I was inside the house, and the lioness was coming towards the glass. So I went, I was trying to wear, it's a lioness. And he just, and he came inside through the glass. I lost the vision. What's the lioness? A female lion. And he gave me a message that those books 
were not being worked on. It must be done. I said, yes, sir. He said, it must be done. I said, yes, sir. Before he went out. And I said, and I woke up and I said, wow. The reason why it was that blood sugar, that, that I'm talking of just last week, is because the second one I was working on for the almost three weeks, I didn't edit it anymore. So Lord wanted to make me to know this is important. This is important for his job, for his ministry, for the work, for his body. This is not just for this church. This is for his body. The next one is for rapturing faith. And I'm just compiling them, not really writing new ones. They are all there on my website, but how many people are going there to read it? But they wanted to be on book form. He said, put it out there. And one more thing the Lord pointed out to me was this. When he said that vision, many years ago, I shared the vision one time. He said, people will be going. Many of all our brethren that are seniors will be going one by one. They may not benefit for this reward. They may not. I mean, people are getting into their 60s, into their 70s that have known this message and they are not, they may not benefit from this reward of the rapture. The rapture. Either because it was not their time, I mean our time, because God knows when he is coming. Suppose he doesn't come in 200 years from now. Suppose he doesn't come 200 years from now. The revival that made us rise up and ready to, that is coming soon, it's for us to walk. It gave them the same, it's coming soon, to the apostles. That was the zeal that made them go all over the world. But he knew that it was not coming in 2,000 years. In the 70s, he put the same revival upon all of us. It's coming soon. And we all started fasting and praying. They fasting and praying to bring us up. Because that's what he says, I'll go. Come up to the level. Does that mean you may not be here by the time the rapture comes? Because if he's still coming 20 years, unless you are going to be like Caleb and Joshua, that's my prayer for myself. Caleb and Joshua were of the first generation. And they were saying, they stood and stood and they took the other generation into the promised land. But you can say the problem of that generation is because they did the Jesus. But say God already know before he even sent Moses. Didn't God know? He has the foreknowledge of everything. But he didn't tell Moses, Moses, go and lead your people out of Egypt. He didn't tell them, but you won't lead them in. No, he didn't say them that. He just said, go and lead them out of Egypt. But Things happen, things happen, and that is things that are happening right now. Many are not believing in anything anymore. That may be some of the things that are happening that will make them not to benefit. But see, things happen in the wilderness, and only two of them finally got there and said, Give me that mountain. I was 40 years when Moses sent me, and only two of them led the younger generation. When the Lord showed to me that vision, I said, Put those books out. You know what the Lord showed to me? I'm just revealing this to you. We went, and he pointed to a Middle school kid, middle school. You know what is a middle school? Twelve years old. I said that you about say minister to these middle school kids. After I started meditating on that, that was when he told me to pull the books out. He said minister to the middle school kids. That means that's my grandkids level. He's telling me it's another generation that we should begin to minister to. Oh, we say it's coming in 2000. Why okay? He didn't come. 1970s, he didn't come. He may not come in this, in this but he said, I should begin to minister to That's why he said, pull the books out, because internet may not be there forever. And there are too many things on internet that he wanted to be in ISBN. 
Some more just telling you, when you donate, you are more or less participating in what the Lord is doing. But I'm trying to make you to see that the Lord has a plan. And I want to be part of that plan, like Caleb, and say, Lord, give me grace so that I can live and lead this generation to the next year. There's going to be the middle, middle school kids that are going to get there, or it's going to be their generation. I will be ready to help them out by the books. If I'm around, I will be listening to them. But God is telling you that, hey, study, grow, fast. That is the zeal He's putting to you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The first can come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this. And I just pray, Lord God, that you're going to minister to everyone. So help us, Lord God, to have that zeal in us. We want to know more of you. We want to be like you, Lord Jesus. That's our goal. Our goal is to want to be like Jesus. We want to get that power that he, that he manifested. Father, help us all in the body of Christ so that we, we grow in grace. So that we will be not, not, not lazy, but zealous for more of you. Zealous for more of you. We want to be like Caleb. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give us some song as we bring the, as a sing. You can bring your offering, and then after that we share the grace. After the after the grace, you can come and take some of those books. Praise the Lord. Give us a song. Bring the offering.